If you got your Bible on the roof, raise it up on the roof. Come on, you got your Bible. We got some iPhone Bibles. We got some iBibles. Sweet. About 12 of you got your Bible. How many of you know it's more important to have your Bible in your heart than to have your Bible in your hands? How many of you know that if your Bible is just in your hand but you got nothing hidden in your heart, then you don't have any purpose to have the Bible in the first place? So I need a volunteer to hold my Bible up here the whole time. Anybody? Just kidding. That'd be weird. No, but it keeps, the, the pages keep turning. Well, it's really weird. It's so windy up here. The iPhone Bible pages turn as well. It's crazy. All right, you there? You got your, where? Matthew chapter 16. How many of you are really good balloon poppers with your butt? <laughs> Molly? Okay. I'm amazing. I, I'm better at that than anything. Do they have a sport for that? Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. 13. 16. How many think we should do this again sometime? How many brought a friend tonight? Say, you brought a friend. Raise your hand. You brought a friend. Elbow your friend and ask him, are you having a good time? And if they're not, hit them again. Not having good, if they're not having a good time, just hit them again. Matthew 16. Tomorrow night, Jake Hamilton will be here live in concert. Worship night experience. It's going to be off the charts, off the chain. <laughs> there is no chain. Hey, also, also, as Andrew mentioned as well, Tonight, after this, when I get done preaching, say, preach fast. Okay, when I get done preaching, we're going we're gonna to go back there and have cheese boogers. Say cheeseburgers. Cheese Not boogers, bur- burgers. We're going to have cheeseburgers. And then uh, we're going to hang out up here until the sun sets. Well, some of us will be as we take everything down because we've got to carry all this stuff out of here tonight. So if that's going to be you tonight, come on, give it a shout. You're taking stuff down with us tonight. Yeah, about four of us. Praise the Lord. Hey, we'll 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 just build relationships, right? I'm looking at like three guys up there: Wade, Seth, Home Skillet. How many are? Sorry, I got so many questions tonight. I have a goal to ask 20 questions tonight, and tonight we'll just call it 20 questions. How many are enjoying your seat right now? You say, "Man, I'm so glad that that they thought about getting these cushion seats." Gosh. You know, next time you're just going to sit on the hot roof because not any of you are even excited at all. How many are having a hard time seeing me right now? That's 16 questions, by the way. How many are having a hard time seeing me right now? Okay. If somebody next to you cannot see me, just pray for them. Pray for them. That God would give them vision. And you there, Matthew 16.
I'm going to do it a little bit different tonight. Usually I never yell when I preach. <laughs> so tonight I'm going to yell. Because <laughs> I never yell, right? I had one person go to me one time, uh, why do you yell the entire time? <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, do you have hearing problems? Shut up, kid. It's Jesus. Can't help it. I'm passionate. All right, Matthew 16, verse 13. Can we just just relish in this moment? Get some relish and relish. Isn't this cool? It's 8.30 on a Thursday evening. School is out. Say, school is out. School is out. You can stay up as late as you want, as long as your parents don't kill me. Uh, You can stay up as late as you want. You can see the mountains. I mean, this is just crazy. Matthew 16, verse 13. I'm there. Are you there? Are you there? Okay, here we go. Say, Jesus. Tonight is about who? Tonight's about Jesus. If it's not about Jesus, then it's not about the church. So tonight is about Jesus. When Jesus, say Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say Jesus. Jesus. Say it with some attitude. Say Jesus. Jesus. All right, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "Who who, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Am. I heard you. Jesus is saying, hey, who who is who is people saying that I am? Who are they saying that I am? Well, what do they say? It says, well, it, verse 14. So they said, well, uh, Jesus, uh, some say uh, John the Baptist, uh, some Elijah. And uh, others, Jeremiah. Any Jeremiah's in the house? <laughs> oh, there is a Jeremiah. Hey, Jeremiah. Any John the Baptists in the house tonight? Any, any John the any evangelists in the house tonight? Okay. <laughs> or not only Jeremiah, but one of the prophets. So Jesus said, "Hey, who do you say that I am? Or sorry, who do they say that I am?" And they're like, "Look, some say." John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, and some say one of the prophets. So what are they saying? They're saying, well, first of all, we got to understand John the Baptist was a solid dude. This dude wasn't like just some cool cat. This guy was like, had thousands, say thousands, thousands and thousands of people came out to the wilderness to hear this guy preach say good preacher and they went all the way out to the wilderness to hear this guy preach and then to get baptized and he was preaching about the coming of jesus the messiah and so he preached about jesus that was coming and for people to turn from their sin and so this guy had thousands of people coming so when jesus says hey who do they say that i am they're like well they think you're you're john the baptist and then they say well some other people think that you're Elijah and Elijah was a prophet in the Old Testament, a guy who now one of his we'll just say this, the guy was just ridiculous. Um not as amazing as Jesus, but a prophet in the Old Testament who uh, was used mightily of God to do many amazing things. And one of the most um 
well-known prophets in the Old Testament. And so for them to say that it was Elijah was like, this is like Michael Jackson back from the dead. I mean, dude, this dude's serious. So they weren't like dissing Jesus by saying he was like Elijah. They were trying to compliment by saying, who is this guy? They're trying to reason with themselves who this guy Jesus was because so many things were happening with Jesus. Jesus was healing people. Jesus was raising people from the dead. Jesus preached and taught with authority that nobody had he heard or seen before ever. And so people began all over, all over, everywhere were saying, who is this guy Jesus? And so the disciples are hearing rumors about who he is. And some are saying, well, I think he's John the Baptist, or maybe he's Elijah, or Jeremiah, who was another prophet in the Old Testament, used also mightily of God. And then they sum it up by saying, or just one of the prophets. Because in their time, a prophet was a very special, 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 a very special chosen person by God for a very special purpose. And so for them to say that he was one of the most well-known prophets in the Old Testament and he's back from the dead, for them to say that was like a compliment. They weren't dissing Jesus. You with me? They weren't dissing him. They were trying to sum it up. They were trying to do the math, to subtract, to add, and go, who is this guy named Jesus? So Jesus says this, but who do you say that I am? So he first says, who do men say that I am? And then he says, but who do you say me? Come on, say me. Say it again, me. Jesus wants to know who me, you, thinks that he is. And not only does God care about and is Jesus concerned with who you think that he is? But who do you say that he is? This is a really important question. As a matter of fact, this is actually probably one of the most important questions that I or God or you could ask yourself. Who do I say that Jesus is? Because it is on this question really it's on your answer that determines your eternity who do you say that jesus is when your parents ask about jesus who do you say jesus is when your parents ask about your passion for jesus or your passion to be in the church who do you say that jesus is when your school thinks you're crazy when your teachers or your coaches question you and the life that you're choosing to live who do you say jesus is are you doing this for jesus or are you doing this for some church do you know who jesus is if the government ever asked you who is jesus do you know who jesus is jesus is concerned with what people think about him but he's way more concerned about what you think about him and not only what you think about him but what you say about him. What do you say about Jesus? Do you even talk about Jesus? Maybe, maybe your answer to Jesus is just dot, dot, dot. Who do you say that I am? I've actually never spoken about you before. <laughs> who, do you, who do you say that I am when, my, when your parents ask me about me? I, I, I don't really have any words. I don't. I don't know what to say. 
good question. Who do you say that he is? Jesus asked the, his disciples, and when he says this word you, who do you say that I am? Say you. When he says this word you, it's actually a plural word for you. He was not just saying you as an individual. He was asking his disciples, his group of people that he had been building with and walking with and living with and praying with and spending time with. He was saying, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, say Peter. Peter, he was kind of the spokesperson for the group. He was kind of the guy who was, well, they say that he was most definitely the oldest disciple. They say the average, they suspect that he was around 24 or 28 years old, somewhere in there. And most of the disciples were between the ages of 16 and 24. And Peter was most likely the oldest guy in the group. And so he kind of has this natural, well, one, influence, but also just because of his age and uh, because of his personality, he just kind of spoke up for the group. And, but Peter didn't just speak up for the group. Peter spoke up for himself. And Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, which is Jesus is speaking to Peter, for flesh and blood, say flesh and blood, Come on, say flesh and blood. Flesh and blood has not, say has not, has not revealed this to you, but it has been revealed by my Father who is in heaven. Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. What does that even mean? I want to look at this just for a moment. Because Jesus just told Peter, Peter, you got it right. Jesus told Peter, hey, Peter, everybody else has it wrong. But what you just said is, it is who I am. And this was definitely not revealed to you by human beings. This wasn't reviewed, revealed to you by your own wisdom and your own reasoning and your own mathematical equation that you have summed up in your mind to say, you know what, I think you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's, you've got to be it. I've done the math. I've done the equations. I've, I even put my glasses on and read into it, and you're totally Christ. Jesus is saying, look, this, this wasn't revealed to you from your own human wisdom. This has come to you from my Father who is in heaven. What does the Christ mean? The word Christ means the anointed one. What the heck does that mean to us today in 2011? Because when we say the word Christ today, to us it means nothing. But to them it meant something very profound. To them, to say that Jesus was the Christ was to say that Jesus was the one who had been promised from all eternity to be the one who would bear the sin of the world, to forgive God's people, to be God's substitute, to be God's king on earth, ruler on earth, leader on earth, to be a man who would be a representative of God on earth to lead God's people. They had never had this. They've had prophets before. They'd had priests before. They had had godly leaders before. They'd seen Elijah, and they'd seen John the Baptist, but never had anyone claimed and proved his proclamation that he was the Christ that he was the chosen one, that he was the one who was called and chosen of God for a very special purpose and task. And then it says, the son of the living God. This speaks of Jesus' deity. 
This speaks of Jesus being God. So let's sum this up real quick. When, when, when Jesus asks, who do people say that I am? Who do men say that I am? What do they say? We'll sum it up this way. They say, Jesus is another man. You with me? Jesus is another man. But Peter says, Jesus, you are God. Are you hearing me? The difference between us and Muslims, you have to hear me now. The difference between us and those whose faith is in Islam is that they say that Jesus is another man. We say that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God. They say that Jesus was a good man that did good things. But we say that Jesus is God. We say that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and still is alive and living among us and in us and through us on earth. They say that Jesus died and didn't raise again. The difference between us and Mormons, I'm drawing a line. The difference between us and Mormons is they think Jesus was a good man and a prophet. And a son of God. We say Jesus is God. We say what Peter said. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You with me? The difference between us and Jehovah Witnesses and us and every other religion. We say Christ is God. He is the God man. He came to earth in the form of of a baby. Say baby. Say crazy. Jesus came to earth fully God. Say fully God. Come on. Say fully God. Fully God and say fully man. 100% God. Say 100% God. 100% man. Jesus came from the Father, went into this woman named Mary, and she popped him out. sure it was a lot more noises than that but but we'll just say she popped him out let's just move on from there so jesus became a baby lived and breathed and walked among people now you must understand something you got to understand something it was common knowledge that jesus was jesus back then many people had the name jesus you with me so for Jesus to say, hey, who do they say that I am? It's obvious that he's Jesus. But it's not obvious that he was God. Now, it may have been obvious from their perspective, but it was not obvious because of what they believed in their heart. Now, everybody believed he was Jesus. He was a guy who grew up in Nazareth. His dad was a carpenter. His mother's Mary. And he's done some pretty amazing things. He's got to be one of the prophets. To them, he's just a man. But Jesus was asking his disciples, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are God. This was not human reasoning. This was not human logic to think that God was in the form of a man. This was beyond comprehension. You couldn't do the math to sum this up. You couldn't conjure this up out of your own natural, logical, rational understanding that you've pulled up out of your rear end, or out of your back pocket, or you summed up from reading the Bible. What I'm trying to say to you is this. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the chosen one, that he is the son 
of the living God, that Jesus is God. Are you hearing me? If you believe that Jesus is God, what I'm saying to you is exactly what Jesus said to Peter. Peter, this was not brought to you from your own reasoning and from your own logic. This was brought to you, this understanding was brought to you by my Father who is in heaven. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is that if you believe and if you say, yes, I believe that Jesus is God and that he did come to earth born of a virgin and he did live a perfect, sinless, perfectly obedient life before God and he really did hang on a cross for my sin and for the sin of the world. And he really did breathe his last breath and die and go into a tomb and sat there for three days. And he really did rise again. And now he's seated in heaven above all rule and above all power and above all authority. If you believe that, what I'm telling you is that God chose you and told you that. Because you didn't come up with that by yourself. It doesn't matter how much I will preach to you, your mom might preach to you, your dad might preach to you, or Billy Graham might preach to you. It doesn't matter how much somebody will or try to preach to you. If you come to that conclusion in your heart, Jesus says, it's because the Father told you. So who do you say that Jesus is? Is Jesus God? I'm asking you. This isn't rhetorical. Is Jesus God? Come on, say yes. Is Jesus God? Is he the God man? Come on, you got to say it with some attitude. I'm not asking for a petty, horrible yes. I'm not asking if you feel like you're happy tonight. Yeah, I feel cool. I'm not asking you if you, if you're, if you had a good day today. I'm not asking you if you're excited to go to school in a couple months. I'm not asking you if you think that the person sitting next to you looks good. I'm asking you, do you believe that Jesus is God? If you do, say yes. yes. Do you believe that he raised from the dead? Yes. Come on, do you believe that he rose from the dead? Yes. I still ain't hearing you. Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Yes. Now, I think that us as a group and us as a crowd believe that, but do you believe that as an individual? Those are some good, yeah, those are some important yeses. Do you know that that yes says that you're a child of God? Do you know that just because you say, I believe that, that you are set and forever established in heaven with God? Don't tell me that ain't amazing. He's the God man. Let's keep reading. Verse 18, say 18. Key verse tonight. We're going to end tonight on a few words from the Bible and a lot of words from me. You with me? Jesus says, Peter, verse 17, you got to understand something, Peter. You didn't come up with this on yourself. The Father who is in heaven who sent me, he told you this, Peter. Do you realize that every other man thinks that I'm just a man? They think that I'm just Jesus. Do you realize that you see that you realize that I am the Christ? Do you see this? Peter, 
Jesus, you got to hear this now. Listen, Jesus starts by saying, blessed are you, Peter. You got to understand that word blessed is a grace word. Say grace. That word means, Peter, God's chosen you, man. It was as if Jesus gets excited in this moment because for the first time he got to see that his people that he'd been walking with for a long time were going, he's a real deal. Jesus was excited. Why was he excited? Because he, that, that's why he came. He came so that people would see who he is. And for the first time that we find in Scripture, Jesus finds out from his disciples that they really believed he was the real deal. Jesus is stoked. Blessed are you, Peter. This wasn't revealed to you by man. It was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And then he says this. And I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. If you got a pen and you're taking notes, you can title this tonight, I will build my church. You can underline that and you can circle that. Because those five words are the most relieving and exciting five words that I can find in the Bible. Jesus says, I will build my church. Can we break these five words down? Let's break these five words down into three sets. You ready? You with me? Jesus says, I will. I will. Oh, you can say it too. Sweet. <laughs> Don't say it because you're not the one saying it. <clears throat> Jesus said, I will. Two words that are really, 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 really important in the Bible. Two words. If Jesus said, the church is going to be built, then we all would have been left going, dang, who is going to build this thing called church? But Jesus started this by saying, I will. Say, he. I'm going to ask you again, say it with some attitude. You know, you know what I mean by attitude? I mean with grit, with passion, with certainty. <laughs> My goodness. Say he. he. That's, a, that's a little better. Jesus said, I will. First word, Jesus speaking of himself, right? You with me? Jesus said, I, then it's probably the Jesus is going to do this. And the second word is will. Will say promise. Will, not Will Smith, but will is a promise of an action. Say action. Will speaks of something he's going to do. Jesus say, I'm thinking about it. I should I've been praying about it. Uh, if the Father lets me, I probably might. It's a good idea. I hope. Somebody's gonna. Maybe he'll send somebody else. 
pastor at your local church is gonna. Your mom. Your girlfriend. Your youth pastor. Your favorite person, Justin Bieber. Shut up. You know you love him. The president of the United States, the prime minister, the governor. No, no. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I will. Say, I will. When I say, I will, hey, honey, uh, I, I will wash the dishes. It's one thing for me to say I will. It's a whole other thing for Jesus to say I will. You know, the Bible says that God cannot lie. Say cannot. The Bible says he cannot lie. So listen, listen. When Jesus says I will, Jesus is making a promise. Say promise. What's he making a promise? What's he making a promise about? The next word is build. Say build. Jesus said, I will, and we'll just sum it up this way, build my church. We'll take those three words and look at them. Jesus makes a promise, I will do something. He says build, which is a verb, my church. My speaking of his as a possession, church speaking as a subject. Breaking it up, you're in English class tonight. Jesus says, I will, makes a promise, build. Build is a verb. Build, build is an action. What the heck does build mean? Jesus is saying, look, the church has got to grow. The church is going to move forward. The church is going to keep building and growing. Build simply means grow. It simply means build. can't even study sum that up. I need a book on synonyms or something. Or I need a thesaurus. <laughs> Shut up. Stress that, all right? Just kidding. And then he says, My church. Say, My church. church. Now, I didn't say his church. Say, His church. His church. church. Are you still with me tonight? We're almost there. Follow me. Listen to me. My church. I will is really important, but my church is in some ways more important. Do you know why? Let's just look at this. The word church is the word ecclesia in the Greek. If you really want to know that, it's good for you. Ecclesia. I'm sure you've heard that word before. Ecclesia simply means called out ones brought together. This is what it's saying. Church simply means God's people that are together. Say, I'm the church. No, no, that's not even correct. Say, we are the church. Because you as an individual are not the church. But us as the group collectively are the church. You with me? You are a member of the church, but you are not individually the church. Because the church takes members to be a church. Because the church in and of itself is a gathering of people. So we are the church. This word church is for the first time used in the New Testament when Jesus says church. In other words, Jesus, for the first time ever, speaks of a church. A gathering of people. church. Say church. 
Say, I love church. I love my church. This is the first time Jesus word church, and Jesus says, my church. Say, my church. Whose church is it? No. Tricked you. Whose church is it? Come on, follow me. Whose church is it? It's his church. It's Jesus' church. You ready to sum it up? This is what Jesus is saying. I will build my people. Whose church is it? Whose people? Who started the church? Come on, who started the church? Who owns the church? Who paid for the church? Who began it? Who's going to finish it? Who brought the church to Anchorage? Are you sure? Was Jesus here when it started? Are you sure? Who who started the church in Anchorage? Wasn't Dick Benjamin? Who started the church in Fairbanks? Said Jesus. Why? Why didn't he say he'll build it? Who's going to grow the church? Come on, who's going to grow the church? Who? Who? Come on, who? Why? Because he said, I'll build the church, didn't he? He didn't say, listen to me now. He didn't say your youth pastor will. He didn't say that you were. He didn't say that your friend was. He didn't say that if you pray really hard, it'll happen. He didn't say if you fast for a really, really long time, it'll happen. He didn't say if you read your Bible all the time, it'll happen. He didn't even say that if you get together and ask me to do it, that it'll happen. He didn't say that. He said, I'm going to do it. Whether you're part of it or not. I'm going to do this thing. You must understand something, though, that God chose you. Say, chose me. Come on, say, chose me. And you are a part of his church. You with me? Okay, it's kind of like this. Peter, his name was Petros. Petros. It simply meant stone. Are you with me? Jesus says, I will build my church on this rock. That word is Petra, which is rock or builder. In other words, Jesus is saying, Peter, you're a stone, a part of the rock. And in 1 Peter, Peter says that we are all living stones, a part of the chief cornerstone, who is Jesus Christ. You and I are all part of the church. We're part of the rock. We're part of it. But listen, you're not the rock, and I'm not the rock. Who's the rock? He says, on my 
on this rock, I will build my church. Do you realize that God's going to build his church in Anchorage, whether you do it or not? Do you realize that the church is going to grow in this city, whether you pray or not? It's going to happen. It may not happen through you and I, but it's going to happen. I'm not trying to discourage you tonight. I'm trying to help you get you a perspective I'm trying to help you help to get you the right mindset to understand that God said this is my church. I started my church. I build my church. I grow my church. I paid for my church and I'm going to keep building and growing my church. I started my church in America. I started my church in Florida. I started my church in Mexico. I started my church in Peru. I started my church in Anchorage, Alaska. I started my church in Fairbanks, in Wasilla, you name it. Jesus, if he is there and if there are people that believe, he started that church. He says, I'm going to do it. If a man comes and starts bringing people together, it's not because that man was a good person. It was because God gave him a desire. God gave him a vision. God gave him a heart. God gave him a burden. God gave him a love and a word to bring people together. And if that guy didn't do it, God would just find somebody else. Why? Because he said, I'm going to build my church. See, if I don't keep doing what I'm doing, if I don't keep being with you and building you and staying here and working alongside of Jesus to build his church, he's going to find somebody else. Why? Because it's not built on me. It's not built necessarily on you. It's built on Jesus. He said, I'm going to do it. I started it. I authored it. I'm the CEO. I'm the author. I'm the president. I'm the principal. I'm the chief cornerstone. I built it. It's mine. And I'm going to keep building it. And I'm not going to stop until every tribe and every tongue and every language hears about me. I want you to know something tonight. That Jesus wants you to know that he really cares about what you think about him. And he really wants you to know that he really loves his church. That he paid for you that he's going to build his church in this city. But he really wants you to be a part of that. It's going to happen without you. Say without me. And in some ways, that's sad, but it's very true. God will find someone to bring about his plan. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. What's the rock? The rock is what we've been talking about. The rock is that Jesus is God. That's the rock. The rock is this. It's his church. It's not your church. Let's just say it this way. It's his church by ownership. And it's your church by stewardship. He owns it, but he's been given it to us to be stewards of for a season. 
to take care of his people. I'm not going to preach in heaven. I'm not going to teach in heaven. I'm not going to counsel anybody in heaven. I'm not going to shepherd anybody in heaven. I'm not going to do any of that. It's going to be with Jesus, and I'm going to be with you. But right now, Jesus is working in me and through me. He's working in you and through you to build his church. Whose church? As we close tonight, I want to give you a picture. You like pictures? I'm not going to draw nothing for you. Definitely not going to paint anything for you. But I want you to visualize something with me. If it's his church, then wouldn't you say that he's with his church? Don't you believe that he's here with us right now? If it's his church and he started it, do you believe that he's in our city right now, walking into people's homes, into people's bedrooms, and into people's hearts, and revealing who he is to them? Let me ask you this. If it's his church, do you think that he has a plan? Do you think Jesus got a plan for his church? Do you think he's got an idea that he's been thinking about for a long time? Let me ask you this, and I need you to answer. I need, I need you to really think about this and do the math. Do you think that Jesus has a plan for this city? Do you? I know he does because we're here. I know he does because you're here. I know he does because myself and most of us have a vision for this city. And if we have a vision for this city, who gave that vision to us? Who? Was it a man? Then if that man that told you about the vision for this city perishes, then it doesn't matter because Jesus gave the vision for this city. Jesus has a plan for service high school. Jesus has a plan for his church at South High School. Jesus has a plan for his church at every junior high school in this city. Jesus has a plan for every elementary school in this city. Jesus has a plan for Diamond High School. Somebody hear what I'm saying tonight. Jesus has a plan for East High School. Jesus has a plan for West High School. Jesus has a plan for Bartlett. Jesus has a plan for every tribe, tongue, language, every stinking business and corporation, every single family. Jesus has a plan for this city because he started a church here and he will finish his church here. My question to you tonight is, do you know who Jesus is and are you standing on the rock? Do you have your plans or do you pray for Jesus' plans? Are you trying to build your vision or are you asking what Jesus' vision is for his city? Are you trying to tell people about your ideas or are you concerned about God's ideas? Look, us as the church, hear me now, us as the church, our job is to not try to build God's church. You want to know what our job is? I'll tell you. Gabriel, what the heck is our job? This is our job. Our job is to find out what God is doing in his city and build what he is building. 
Our job is to pray and ask God to help us see what he is doing in the high schools, to see what he is doing in the businesses, to see what he is doing in the families. Our job is to find out what Jesus is doing in our city and to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Our job is not to try to find out what we can do to make our city better. Our job is to find out to see what Jesus is doing in our city because if he ain't doing it, you're wasting your time. But how many know he's doing something in our city? Would you stand with me? Stand up. Music for effect. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Jesus has a plan for his church in this city. Can you look at this city real quick? Look at this city with me. Think about your school. Come on, what school do you go to? Shout it out. You go to UAA? How many UAA tonight? You know God's got a plan for UAA? Come on, you know God's got a plan at UAA? We're going to UAA, baby. God's got a plan. What other school? East? Any, anybody from East tonight? Maybe you already graduated. Anybody from East or going to East next year? Anybody? My goodness. Graduated? Do you know that God's got a plan at East? Do you know that there's Christians at East? How can you say such a thing, Gabriel? Because there's Christians. At every school in this city. You know what our job is to do? Try and wake them up. You know God's got a plan for service? Anybody go to service? Yes. Anybody go to Grace Christian School? Wow. Any homeschoolers? Anybody have a family? <laughs> do you know that God's got a plan for your family?